1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to Jewel Says. As always, the opinions in this podcast are mine or those of my guest. And today I happen to have a special guest. But it's Valentine's week this week, and love is in the air, or it's Valentine's Day. Or maybe for you, it's nothing if you don't like it. A lot of people hate Valentine's Day, but love is important for all human beings. For all mammals, really. We need love to thrive as babies, and studies have shown that health and longevity are directly affected by the quality of the relationships in our lives. And I think Valentine's Day should focus less on romantic love. After all, there are people who have no interest in having a partner, and that's totally fine. But we all have love in our lives, whether that's for friends, family, pets. Maybe Valentine's Day should be a day to appreciate all the types of relationships instead of just the sexual lovers. And maybe celebrate love, particularly for the children in our lives, we all have children in our lives, even if we don't have our own children, and they're adorable, but they can also be very frustrating with their little immature misfiring brains. But I think it's really important for children to grow up with love and patience, not just from their primary caregivers or parents, but from all of us. Every time I see a vulnerable adult, like someone who's unhoused or, or addicted or depressed and seemingly hopeless... I can't help but think, you were someone's baby. What happened to bring you to this point? The thing is, we never know what a child is going through at home. And you never know if you're the person who can spark something in a child that gives them that little bit of confidence, a little bit of purpose, or even a glimmer of hope for a better future. And it's not just the parents' responsibility. It does take a village. And even good parents have shitty moments. I certainly have a lot of regrets about how hard I was at times on my children. I didn't hit them. I wasn't abusive. But I have to admit, my expectations were often unrealistic. And I regret that in hindsight so much. There were times when I was not as gentle and patient with them as I should have been. But I have to say, I'm grateful for all the other adults in their lives who gave them their love, their time, and their patience. The other adults who listened to them, commiserated with them. And you don't spoil children by being gentle and patient. You can be kind and firm and still have standards and teach them appropriate boundaries, mostly through example. You can teach them emotional regulation, confidence. I mentioned that I have a special guest, And today's very special guest, Kaylee, is a beautiful singer. She's a dancer, an actor, just an overall fun-loving gal with a great laugh, and maybe most importantly, she has always loved and worked with children, including children with special challenges. Kaylee's making a difference in a lot of children's lives. And maybe you and I can take a page out of Kaylee's book and make a difference ourselves.
2: Hi, Kaylee. Thank you oh. so much for being on. Jewel says hi. I'm so excited. And just as you hit record, my cats started fighting. So this should be interesting. That's okay. I could hardly hear the cats, and if we do hear the it's cats, fine. it's fine
1: because that's life. We're recording in our yeah. homes. And Sound effects. Yeah. You have worked and you probably still do work. I know you've changed jobs recently, but you still work with children a lot, don't you? And every time we get together, we, we sometimes chat about that. And we, yeah, always well, <laughs> we cover a lot of topics like diabolical men, showbiz, mm. all kinds of things. But I just feel, as I've said to you before, I think it's a shame that all children aren't born into a stable loving environment necessarily and I think it's very important for people even if they are in a stable loving environment but the parents need help with managing their children. I just think mm-hmm. what you do with children and families is so important and so meaningful and I think we could all learn a lot from that. So I thought we'd talk about some of your
2: experience working with children. Sure. You've had some great right. stories. Always stories. There's always stories when you're working with kids, as you know, whether you're working with them getting paid to or being their parent. There's always stories. I love working with kids. There's lots of fun things that come out of it. Lots of interesting things that come out of it. You learn something every day. But you've worked Mm -hmm. with children since you were pretty much a child yourself. Yeah, it's really the only job I've ever had is working with kids. And it's the only job I've ever liked, really, because it's like I said, it's always interesting. There's always something new every day. And I'm not a type of person that can just sit in an office and do the same thing every day. And kids keep it interesting. They keep it spicy. (laughs) Did you always know
1: you wanted to work with children?
2: Yeah, I think it was always I was always drawn to it because I always... I just kind of fell into it in a lot of ways with like babysitting and mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed the babysitting course and I looked forward to it when I was a kid. I was excited to be there, be the top of the class and, and do well, because it was important to me that I get to be that responsible person. And maybe I was a little bossy kid too. And I like to be in charge. So <laughs> it was like, there's an opportunity to get paid to do it. And then It kind of also grew out of just all of my hobbies, working in theater, going to summer camp. It was a way to stay at summer camp because I loved it so much. That's what Joanne and I always said was (laughs) we didn't want to leave summer camp. So we just started working there. So that also became my hobby, became my my pastime. And I got to do what I love doing, which was performing and being in theater and being on stage. And then also getting to teach other people how to do that was really great. And then when I was going to school and figure out what I wanted to do, it was teaching. That was the job you, you did when you're going to work with kids. So I went to school, did all my education for primary education. And then just kept finding jobs where I could kind of piece together a career and, and make something where it was what I wanted to be doing in the capacity that I liked working with kids. and I'm I've moved away from teaching and I've come back to teaching and now it, I feel like I'm I'm really in the zone with what I wanted to be doing all this time.
1: That's great. So and I been- think being a performer helps because part of working with children is keeping them entertained and engaged. I think mm-hmm. if, they, if they're if they going to learn learn things, you don't want to learn from someone who's up there because, oh, well, I just guess I'll be a teacher since I didn't make it in theater. You
2: know, I'm sure you've
1: met some of those types <laughs> in your travels.
2: I mean, there's people like that in every job, I think, where they're like, well, I guess I'll do this. Like, and if it's <laughs> not your passion, then there's always going to be those people that are just kind of like, Waiting yeah. for the paycheck kind of. Well, thing. that's there's me and my job, jobs. Kaylee.
1: That's me and my job, <laughs> Kelly. But I'm not dealing with um, impressionable little minds.
2: So I think it's just more right? important for it's a little different. Yeah, for, for sure. working with children. For sure. But I think too, if if there's one phrase or term that I've taken away, there was the that it's a vocation that you're called to do this thing because it's important to you and it's important to you that you make a good impression with these kids and that you set the right example and whether you're teaching science and math or you're teaching health or art or whatever, you have to let them know that it's important that we're looking at this information right now. Give them a why, give them something to do with it and teach them how to do it together. And That's kind of what I'm doing right now in the role that I'm in. And it's nice because I am in a school, I'm a teacher, and that's been something that's really hard about my job for other people to understand is like, what are you doing? Like anytime I've been in any capacity, whether I was working at a children's health center or a treatment center for kids who have different special needs, if they need any kinds of support like OT and uh, that's occupational therapy or speech therapy or behavior support. I worked as an assistant there so that I could um, support in different child cares to help the, the teachers there kind of use different resources to help support kids that have different kinds of needs in their, their environment. So that turned into Using play based learning, but also using a lot of kinesthetic learning and just giving the kids different activities to do in these different areas and doing it just in an hour program, delivering it in a fun way, and using different behavior strategies or resource support strategies to call their attention, get them engaged, give them different things to do, and kind of teaching them why this is helpful. To their bodies and their minds and then giving them time to work together and share and work on teamwork skills and blend in different social skills programs that are so important and kids really need a lot of practice with because they just don't often get to practice those skills in a a place that's just kind of fun and easy. If they're having to sit in a desk or they've been, you know, following a lot of instructions all day, that can be really hard for people. So giving them that time to do it in a structured environment where it's safe and they can work through any kind of challenges that come up or learn about what kind of challenges might come up and how they can process them. And so it's been a really fun learning experience because I'm using my education and I'm working with kids and we, we get to plan art activities and go in and play. And uh, it's been uh, it was a really cool job. It was nice to do. And then now I've just moved into teaching. So I'm teaching as a resource teacher and then I also teach art and health and phys ed classes. So I'm kind of blending those programs into my teaching plans each day. Like my lessons are kind of done and I'm like learning about my role and I'm able to implement classes that are fun and engaging. And I'm also getting opportunities to see the kids, how they are and learning about them through different meetings because I'm now on the resource team. So if there's people that need support, that's who I can kind of like plan my day for and help the class to work better together because I can support the needs that are there from a, from a better lens. And I've got these kind of tools that I've been able to work on and learn about from my other role in the last three years that I can kind of build a, a nice program. And I've got great admin at the school and a nice teaching staff to work with. So it's just been a really lovely transition to a new, new job.
1: So you're a full-time teacher now at one school. Oh my God, that must be good. Cause I'm sure when you came out of school, you were probably looking for a full-time teaching job at that time and they were hard to get in Ontario or were you not looking Mm -hmm. for that at the time?
2: Um, I was but I also when I graduated I moved back to a certain area and I knew that I wanted to leave again I just didn't really have a plan and then I looked at teaching overseas and I looked at being a nanny and then um, I ended up choosing the nanny option and Mm -hmm. and moved to Toronto. I remember that.
1: And you're still in touch with some of those children, aren't you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice, again, a nice kind of introduction to living in the city. I worked right downtown. I kind of got to learn how to get around and drive around and learn where I was going and also got to hang out with this cool kid. (laughs) Have you been a nanny for different families? For a few, yeah. It was, and again, nice learning experience, kind of bop around and see life from a different perspective. I'm sure working for different families,
1: you learned about what not to do as a nanny or also what not to do as an employer of nannies.
2: Any (laughs) tips for the employers? The uh, family that I worked for the longest, I just really... Loved working for them. They were really good to me. It was a good family. And I can say that having like just open communication with this person and making your wants and needs known, I just had a really nice working relationship. Uh, and it was professional, but it was, you know, we got the emotional side of it kind of just right. And because you, you are connected with these people in a way and you have to understand each other and work together. And I just, I had a lovely experience when oh, I worked long term.
1: That's good, because I think there could be times when you go into a family, and it's a very personal, personal role Mm -hmm. for a family, and Mm -hmm. sometimes I would think there could be a situation where someone's parenting standards could be diametrically opposed to what you think should be done. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that Mm -hmm. could happen, maybe that didn't happen for you, but um, because I know I interviewed a babysitter when my children were little. And she basically said, this is how I'm going to do things and this is how you will do things. And I I mean, I didn't hire her, but I could see that going the right, other way exactly. too, you know, <laughs> I, but I could yeah. see that going the yeah. other way too, where the parents might say, yeah. listen, I want you to carry a wooden spoon in your purse. And if he ever misbehaves at the playground, you just get that wooden spoon out. and th- There could be that yeah. sort of thing. Although nowadays... Then run. I, yeah, but I think, yeah, but then again, you might feel compelled to like, oh no, I need to help this child because I don't want them to have everyone doing this to them. I don't know, but that wasn't your experience. So I will move on. No. It's just something that I think <laughs> that occurs to me could potentially happen. You've also worked a lot with children who have special support requirements and mm-hmm. you were never frustrated really with that it seems it sounds like well, you know because we've heard a little I've you and I've chatted about some of your stories and it's like I wish every child had a Kaylee in their
2: classroom oh that's so nice actually <laughs> that's Joanna actually said something about it's very similar to me today. You guys are just so nice to me. You're very good well, about we're giving people. we sincere. sincere. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I just appreciate it. Um, it's very lovely to hear. But yeah, I think I worked in really nice places. I worked with really good people. And that's important because sometimes when you're hearing about kids, You're also hearing about their families. You're learning their stories, and you learn how important it is to wrap around these people and share resources and work toward a goal in the right way to make sure that the child is getting what they need. And knowing that that's the goal, and having to do that in different scenarios, where even you know, if we're in the classroom or we're in the after-school program or we're in the field and we're playing whatever, and giving them their best chance in every place. Like where in the classroom can we support them so that they're getting this thing? And how do we wrap around them so that they're enjoying their bus ride without getting overwhelmed because it's too stimulating? So how do we put things in place to help them and also help the family and doing that in different ways? Like when I worked at the children's treatment place, they put me through a training where you're helping parents work on supporting their child who they've maybe just had a recent autism diagnosis and helping the parents build strategies to support their child's communication skills. So meeting their parents wherever they are and using play-based strategies to encourage the child to make those social connections where they're learning to enjoy play with others and not, you know, making them speak, but making them direct their voice and their attention at their parent. So it's, it's something that sounds like it, it, should quote unquote, just be natural to you. But it's not necessarily natural for everyone to play like that. Like if some people want to play side by side, and they're like, oh, they're happy, they're fine. They're enjoying that. But then we would work on play strategies to encourage the child to, you know, orient their body towards someone and look up and kind of share that play together. And just using sound effects, just using play based things that made the parent the most fun person or the whoever was the caregiver at the time the most fun person in that area the most fun thing in that area so helping the child to build that social skill with their parent which is so important and seems like something that should be innate or would be innate but it isn't necessarily for everyone to be able to do that so that was a really big learning curve too because This a lot of the time was done over Zoom. Sometimes it was Mm -hmm. done in center where you know you're doing, you're trying to do these really sort of emotional and intimate things because for some people, like if your child doesn't look up at you, then you're less inclined to quote unquote make them do that and make them look at you. Like it doesn't feel natural, so then you don't really do it all the time, and then you both get less practice doing it, and then you don't really know how to do it for each other and do it with someone and and how much of an important bonding moment that is. So it was interesting to do over Zoom because we would, you know, the parents, we would encourage them to wear headphones so that the kid's not distracted by us. And we can just kind of coach them through different things to do. And then you start to see these big changes in how they look at each other and how they smile at each other and how that becomes, You know, whether it helps the child to build more verbal language or not, it helps them to build a play skill, which is so important. And it's something that then they can translate when they have to go to childcare or they're going to school or they're going to the park or they're going to the grocery store. And then they learn to build that social communication of, you know, using your eyes and using your body to let somebody know, Oh, this is so great. This is so fun. So it was really focus really intensive, but it was a nice way to kind of break things down to basics and just make communication easy through playing. And we were like, hosting meetings on zoom weekly and you know planning these things and so we're spending a lot of time like on zoom on headphones thinking things through and talking through this process and again a wraparound team that is supporting each other and saying oh I saw this thing in your video like when we would play back clips and see things and and really having that other lens and having other people to talk it through with it teaches you to kind of meet your calm in certain ways, because you've had to sit back and be on headphones and watch people play and kind of be a bird's eye view. So I help others. And then I kind of learned to help myself when I'm in those scenarios. What can I do in the gym class of mayhem of, of elementary school kids that are losing their minds? A lot of the time, getting their attention is I can't physically be screaming to get your attention all day. Like I, I can't do it. No. It, doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work anyway. In good. my, from what I've seen, it doesn't anything. work anyway. So, it save your, don't be shouty. Whether you're the mom or the teacher no. or the caregiver, yeah. yeah. And not to say I never lose my cool, but well, you're like, a human. <laughs> there's sometimes, and there's sometimes when I'm just like, I don't know how you're all talking right now and then you just get so overstimulated and it's like what is happening Um, so what do you but it's really I empathized with them early on where I said I don't want to be yelling at you all day I don't want you yelling at me it doesn't feel good to be yelled at period it doesn't feel good to yell in that way like I'm loud <laughs> i'm a loud person oh you can but project I, kaylee's a singer i can project <laughs> but, but i i am pleaded with them i'm like i can't be using my voice like that so please no. don't make me do that let's be respectful for each other like it's safe for all of us if you're able to just listen when i try to get your attention the first time we'll all just be better off because in an emergency like screaming yeah. is not going to do anything you know like on a scare yeah. tactic yeah <laughs> Well, especially
1: if you're doing it all the time, because they learn to tune that out.
2: Oh, for sure. Very quickly. So a lot of the times I just sing and I've done this in kindergarten. I've done this when I worked in childcare. I worked like in different age groups. If you start singing, people are just going to look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's one of the reasons
1: most of us won't sing.
2: Right. (laughs) If you're in public and you start singing,
1: they're going to look at you. Because oh, are, you know me, I sing all the time for no reason. I love that. And I remember I um, I was out with my friend Sprinkles when we worked together and some song came on and I started singing and he made a comment to me like, why do you always want attention? I'm not quoting him verbatim, but it was that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, it isn't that I want attention. It's just that I love this song and it's natural for me to sing. And I wasn't singing at the yeah. top of my lungs in the path underground in Toronto, but I mean,
2: but again, when but you again, project, you his project.
1: his automatic response was, "Oh, you must want attention." So you're right. If you sing, you're going to get people's attention, whether mm-hmm. it's intentional or
2: not. So that's mm-hmm. a good tactic. It's great, and it feels better, and yeah. it's so funny because eventually, in my Um, my one kindergarten after school program, I would sing all of my instructions. And some of them were just things that I just made up on the spot one day, and that kind of stuck. And then the kids would just do it, they would, I would sing it to them. And then they would use it when they were cleaning up or when they knew it was a transition time. And it was so cute, because it was just, it was fun and it made it fun and it made it work and I, it was something initially that i learned when i was nannying i got the opportunity to volunteer in the kids kindergarten classroom and i watched this classic kindergarten the the picture of a kindergarten teacher in like the long button jean dress and her long sleeve shirt and just high cut hair. And it's just like, she was the epitome of kindergarten. And then she sang everything. She was firm. She was fair. And it was boom, boom, boom. Like the kids knew what was going on. And they, it was all very simple. It all got laid out. And I took everything <laughs> that she did in her room and I just made it, I made it mine, but it's exactly what I, what I do because she just, she had it right. And it was, you know, everything was play-based everything. And she was doing all of those things, but it was like, she's going to do it her way and she's going to make it happen because somebody's got to steer the ship, especially in kindergarten. Well, yeah. In the market
0: for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
1: your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Uh, well, <laughs> and
1: especially at every age, because the challenges are different at different ages. What age Absolutely. range are
2: you teaching now? I have the whole school at some point. I don't see, I don't see kindergarten proper as much as I'd like because I I see them you know on duty and I see them in the halls and things like that but I don't really have a class with them um but so they go I up to age
1: 13 to
2: grade eight yeah oh, okay okay
1: because some schools have um only go to grade six or something so yeah they go mm-hmm. up to grade eight okay have you start used your singing tactic on the grade sevens and eights? In the gym? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What do you sing? I was scrambling. I did that. Have you seen Frozen Two? No. Okay. It's lovely. Great music again. <laughs> but there's there's a song where Elsa's like singing and she hears a voice, she doesn't know what it is, and the voice is going, Oh. oh. I don't know if you can use that. You have to pay for that. But she it's this this thing that all the kids know especially this age group, because they've just been raised on Frozen. Mm -hmm. So I just did that. And then they all kind of looked at me and I I don't care. At this point, this was like our maybe second week that we'd spent together. And I was just, please listen. And then they were just, oh, okay. But did they immediately stop the noise? (laughs) They immediately stopped the noise. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it works. And, And now... I've appealed to them in different ways now at this point where I've told them, you know, like, I have a hobby and I need to use my voice for that. Like, I've really, truly, like, practically been on my knees, like, please don't make me yell at you. But again, you're dealing with a lot of impulse control and lack thereof. And you've got kids that desperately just want to listen for the, like, one whole minute that it's going to take for me to explain this thing. And then there's some that just physically can't control themselves. Wow. So we're getting there. They're much better now. They, I've really, <laughs> really appealed to them. And then when I have them for other support where we're not in the gym and we have better opportunities to engage, then I'm able to meet them properly and not meet them in the gym where you just want to cut loose. Like you don't want to listen to anybody. You just want to have a good time. I get that. But whoo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, so you've been with this group for two weeks and you must be getting to know them. I love them well, at that yeah, age. yeah,
2: I do. That's the thing is like, I really, I really like this age group, but I'm yeah. like, I want to enjoy our time together. Like we only have 40 minutes twice oh. a week. I'm like, please, I love gym. Like, let's play. <laughs> Just play nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you see things because there's also such a a uh, wide variability at that age in maturity, emotional maturity and impulse control. So I imagine mm-hmm. that's quite challenging. Do you think the variability is greater at that age than, say, five? Or do you find there's a huge variability even when they're little?
2: It, it really depends, especially especially now where school was really different for a lot of kids in this age group. A lot of them did school at home for a long time. Some of them started school like that, you know, so it's just really, it's tricky then to be like, and now get along when you're here and, you know, let's just get, let's just get with the program. So it's, it's really an interesting group of kids socially. So it's nice to get those opportunities where it's like, I can help you have fun and play nicely. Like I promise that I can, but we got to work together. So I think because I've had so much practice doing that in environments where when I learned to get along with others, I was doing plays and I was doing things on stage and like, that was really fun. And I know how to just have a nice time and get along and make something really special and how, how fun that can be. So It's nice to kind of blend those in and I've, (laughs) I've offered to help them choreograph a dance that they have to do for like a school project kind of thing. So I'm like, I'll help you, but it'll be a part of our gym class. You, you give me 20 minutes, I'll give you 20 minutes of whatever you want. And like, we can work on this thing. So, you know, trying to help them out, get them a good mark and kind of build some bond with them and build some relationship there. They must love that. that's what they need the most.
1: Yes, because I think a lot of people think that the educational system is there to just teach information and math skills and science and English Mm -hmm. skills or language skills. But I think it has to be so much more than that. I think it has to be social skills, emotional regulation. A lot of children need someone that they can just feel comfortable talking to because not everyone goes home to that. Have you had any children that have come to you that you know have some perhaps lacking emotional support at home?
2: That happens all the time, you know. And whether you know explicitly, yes, this one, whatever, you can kind of just tell who needs it on a given day, right? Like it's kind of paying attention for those things where you pay attention to body language and you pay attention to how they're engaging with others. And that becomes a big piece of it starting in kindergarten, that's part of their assessment is their social emotional learning. And Mm -hmm. how are they, you know, entering the environment? Are they feeling comfortable? Or do they have a sense of belonging? And like, since I've been out of the classroom proper in that capacity for so long, it's nice to get involved in the resource side of things, because you get to support the teachers. And because I'm new to it, I'm like, I want to support you, but I need to know everything. So yeah. you get to sit in and have those meetings and learn where the teachers' needs are, and where the classes' needs are, and where specific children have needs. And there, you know, it's this time of year too; it's busy. We've just had a really busy holiday season. We jump back in. It's going to be report cards, and like everybody has a lot going on. So. Learning to consider that as a part of the environment that everybody's dealing with things and we need to address again, holistically and wrap around and how do we support those things are happening? So it's nice to be a part of it in that way and, and know, like you can recognize the signs for this person on, on the list, but getting to be a part of how that gets supported is is a nice transition place for
1: me right now, too. And I know when Joanne was in teachers college, and maybe you found the same, she said that they didn't actually teach much, if anything, on how to manage the children's behavioral or emotional well-being. She said Mm -hmm. they didn't teach much about that at all.
2: I don't really remember either, but it was after, like, it's when you're doing all your additional courses and things yeah. where it's like, oh, and maybe they're, maybe they're well-being on the side. And I think it's so important,
1: but I have read uh, a while ago. It's probably I, different now, too. Is the well, other. it may be different. And I think one of the, I don't know if they actually went ahead with making Teachers College two years. It used to be, I think, one year after you had your undergrad. I think it is two I Yeah, I think, is. I know there was talk about it expanding it. And I don't know whether they actually did it or not. I mean, it isn't something that directly affects me other than I care about children. And I think it's worth investing in high quality education. And that includes their emotional and social development. I did read the curriculum because there was the big brouhaha about sex education. And so I read the curriculum, at least what was published to and available to the public. And I did notice in every grade, there were metrics for social and behavioral development. And I thought that was a really good thing because Mm -hmm. you have to consider the whole person. And every person comes from a different environment and every person is unique. And I think originally the school system was designed to basically churn out workers. And that's Mm -hmm. just not how society works anymore. So I think what you do is so... Very important.
2: I'm so excited to be in this role, and like, and I, like I said, learning about the processes. And you know, there's lots of paperwork. There's lots of things to be done, but there's such a great team for this school that I just I feel really supported. And I'm like, I now I feel like I can actually do my job because but there's lots of people that are able to. you know, fill me in and like, go to this meeting, talk to this person. This is in your office. This has this person's name and like literally hold my (laughs) hands through it because it's a lot. And it's a lot of things to learn, but it's a lot of information to know about people that you're just meeting. And then Mm -hmm. you're like on the ground running and like, let's do what we can.
1: And then every year you get a little bit of turnover, new children, some children move on. Do you ever hear from children who... You worked with in the past. Have any of them ever made a point of reaching out to you to let you know you made a difference or maybe ask
2: you for help, even though it's not your job? I got the nicest message last week from a high school student that I tutored who I had also tutored his brother Like when we lived in Scarborough like I didn't really know him when he was little because he was always out at dance class when I was tutoring his older brother in his grade 9 things and then he reached out to me then when he went to high school and he was like hey uh, my mom gave me your number i just wanted to ask if i could get some support with school stuff and at this time i live now 3 hours away and he's like can we meet over zoom can you help me help me with my work like i just don't really know what to do by myself so he just needed a little chat through his homework sometimes and didn't always have someone available his mom had done shift work and then she moved and he was you know wanting to stay in the area so he was seeing her on weekends but staying in Scarborough and going to school and just you know trying to trying to make his high school experience what he wanted it to be and he just needed that little bit of help just so, reading through his homework and getting things done Was so he I living with his Zoom dad or grandparents or something? He was with his grandparents. Yeah. And he, okay. he stayed in the house where they had always lived. So he was, he yeah, was fine. Yeah. yeah. He, he had, you know, support. But still, that, that but still had to
1: be kind of hard for him for his mom to move away. But anyway, absolutely. but then and again, all, a, a yeah. kid at that so, age wants to stay at school. Yeah,
2: exactly. So they were, you know, making their best choices and, and he was just so on top of it and, and advocating for himself and saying what he needed. And so I was like, absolutely. I'll meet with you on zoom. Like, I don't care. I'm sitting at home doing nothing anyway. Like I'll talk you through your homework. You're never doing nothing.
1: (laughs) That was very (laughs) generous. You you
2: know, but it was one of those things that when I do have a night that I can meet for an hour and talk through your homework with you, like Mm. that's, that's fine. I, I don't mind. So I did that. So then he texted me last week and he just, you know, just said really nice things and was so proud of himself and he's done well. And it's just so nice because I've, he's, he was a little kid and he just reached out to someone when he needed them, when he knew. And I was like, that just feels really nice. And he like knows that it's important. And, and his mom has been so nice to me. And we've just, again, had a really nice, relationship where she was like, I need X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I got you, no problem. And it just feels good to be able to have those connections with people that you meet on a whim and end up building that kind of bond with. It's just really, it's been really special working my way to my career in this way, because it's just been not really a straight path at all times. So they weren't paying you to tutor him at this point. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you know
1: what? That is really special. Kudos to him because a lot of kids yeah. would just say, I'm not getting this to hell with it. I give up. Like a lot of kids would do yeah. that. So, yeah. Number 1 to reach out. That had to take a lot of courage, self-awareness, mm-hmm. and maturity. But you know there are so many people who will say this teacher made such a difference to me. Sometimes it's bad, but usually Yeah, this teacher. Because I know my girls had a teacher who used to stand up in front of the class. Actually, it was Carrie and it was seventh grade and her teacher would go, you people never should have been born. Oh, my God. And the teachers sometimes did not like hearing from me because I would, of course, march down there. You know, this isn't acceptable. If you can't, manage your class. I understand you're human and you get frustrated, but to stand there in front of a bunch of 12-year-olds and say you people never should have been born. That's terrible. <laughs> I cannot imagine you ever saying that to someone. Also, uh-huh. nobody asked to be born. We're here. <laughs> we need to be taken care of. We need to be given yeah. respect. We need to have opportunities, love, support. We all need those things and you deliver that to people hugely and I know you help parents too it isn't just about helping the children helping the parents helps the children helping yes. the their regular teachers helps the children like if you were working at that school you were just a little girl yourself but if you had been working at <laughs> that school maybe you would have been brought in to help that teacher so that he manage the class in a more productive manner
2: well it's it's really it's different now like if <laughs> If someone, I'm trying to picture someone saying that to like intermediate students now, and they kids are different now. They just are. I just the bar has been raised for what they will tolerate, or lowered, I guess, for what they were they will tolerate. You know, they're different. They they do advocate for themselves in different ways, but they've also got a different kind of attitude than than mm-hmm. we would have back then. So I feel like yeah. that would. <laughs> And I mean I think sure. a lot
1: of old people might view it as an inflated sense of entitlement or laziness. Some children it's like oh kids are lazy, kids expect too much. But I think in there somewhere is a sweet spot. You are entitled to respect. You mm-hmm. are entitled not to be spoken to that way and you're in, and as I used to say to my children, you can say anything you want to me or to any teacher as long as you say it respectfully. You can communicate anything you're thinking or feeling as long as you communicate that respectfully.
2: Well, that's my my number one rule in my classes. As long as you're being kind, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I think that's important. That was one of those things I stole from that kindergarten to where I volunteered <laughs> with my nanny kid. I use it now. I use it forever because it's so you can't argue with it. You could try to keep being like, well, can I can I hit him? Can I do whatever I want? Can I hit him? Is that kind? Like you're able to counter that question because you're gonna have somebody that says something like that, you know? And learning to be quick like that is how you kind of build rapport with the kids because they're like, oh, okay, like I'll try to mess with you a little bit, but like if can you joke back? Can we have a little bit of fun? Like, what's the deal? So, you know, that part of that for me is I walk in with the last name Woodcock and I have to. Introduce myself to a class, and I've been having to do that my entire life. Okay, but so, if anyone can rock that name, it's you, Kaylee. But that came with practice. It, it came, came with okay. myself wanting to walk into a room and you know learn yeah. to get attention and do it on purpose and yeah. make you want to look at me because I'm doing something interesting, yeah. but also going to distract you (laughs) i could see i could see where
1: middle school children might react to the name now that you mention it yeah yeah it hadn't really occurred to me
2: yeah Yeah. my third day at my new job i had a kid that was like uh why do so many teachers have names that are private parts and all the other kids are like bad stuff you're gonna get in trouble what did you say I was waiting for this question because Mm -hmm. the principal had taken and taken me around and introduced me to everybody. And, uh, and, you know, you get introduced over and over and over and you just wait for Snickers. I'm like, oh my God, like this is my life right now flashing before my eyes. I, so I get these kids back like a couple of days later now where they see me around. They know who I am. They know my name. Somebody has the guts to ask the question. And he was just, he was waiting. <laughs> I could see it. He was waiting to like, <laughs> need my help with something and like have an excuse to be like, um, Miss Woodcock. I'm like, yeah. And he, he's like building up to it, Asked this question. He said, well, you know, a Woodcock is actually a bird. Do you feel better now? And then he was just like, oh, oh, oh. Cause it's like, I, I know like I know that this was coming yeah I'm just gonna coach you through it like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter and like what other teachers are you talking about like you it just it was the <laughs> easiest way out because it's just redirection that's all yeah, of it you know like I'm not gonna direction. get in a fight with this kid I'm not you know I'm not gonna argue with you I'm not embarrassed like, no. I don't care <laughs> exactly it's a great name so, <laughs> it's so funny and it just becomes a part of it too where it's like yeah, hello let's move on. It's fine.
1: When you said deflect, that reminded me. One of the things I used to always do when the children were little, and I think for me, it was instinctive and intuitive. You know, when a small child is having a tantrum, I would, I called it distraction. If you're saying, don't touch this, and they freak out, you just distract them with something new. And when they're little, they're easily distracted. So redirection, Mm -hmm. distraction, I think are very effective tools and depending mm-hmm. on the age, it's easier or more difficult. So that little boy took the answer and then no questions since.
2: Yeah, he moved That's on. That's good. <laughs> and, on. You,
1: and if you had acted flustered
2: or embarrassed, it
1: could have been a very different reaction.
2: Absolutely. But again, it's, it's one of those things that especially with teaching, you have to be that one step ahead, especially on things like that. And it's a skill, right? Like if you just get flustered, then that's what you work on because you're probably great at planning and your lessons are probably amazing, but it's learning, you know, that rapport building piece can become so important and social skills need to be worked on. They need to be honed and they change with environments. So you have to be able to be flexible and those things don't come naturally. every So there's lots of training coming in. I've seen different things that are happening and I'm excited to kind of try things out and see what, the board has available because it just seems like there's new stuff that's becoming a part of the day and social skills is one of those things so seeing that staff are excited about those things and want to get engaged and give kids who need extra help that's good you know somewhere to do it so it's it's exciting it's nice to see
1: that's really good because i've been talking to people who hire people And I think one of the common themes I've heard among managers is a lot of younger people sometimes lack the social skills to deal with colleagues or customers. They're great with technology, but they very Mm -hmm. often lack what we take for granted as very basic social skills to deal with customers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important Mm -hmm. because when they're immersed in technology all the time, they don't have the same exposure. And, you know, not going to school for two or three years certainly didn't help. You worked for Mm -hmm. a school for a while where English was not most of the children's first language. That must have been. Uh, particularly. there was,
2: it was an, it was an English school. There was just lots of, um, it was just an area where there was a more newcomers to Canada. And I worked with some kids that were just in the ESL program um, who needed, you know, extra support in their additional like just some schoolwork support where they they were kind of having to use those language skills more. Mm-hmm. So they would come together and we would we would work on different things based on their classroom curriculum. And then also just got to do fun special projects and lots of things. And those actually those memories keep popping up on my whatever Google photos or something mm-hmm. lately. And I'm like, oh my classroom stuff like all the, that's where we were doing like our zones of regulation program and they were learning about you know, how these emotions play into your different moods. And, and that's now something that I work with regularly now. So it's really funny how these things kind of keep going forward and and seeing how they've evolved um, and where they're now getting implemented more in this area too. So that was a fun program because I also got to bring in Carrie and Alan one day. They came oh, in yes. and did a cooking day with the kids, and <laughs> another friend came in to do baking with them. And it was it was so silly because my principal was like, "Sure, approved. Yeah, I get these people in here." I was like, "Amazing!" <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that would be a, great. The kids had created a book with recipe in their home country, and then we made copies and shared it with everyone to take home. And then they picked what they wanted to eat one day and Carrie and Alan came in and we had a taco party. It was awesome. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, Carrie would like that. Are you sure you didn't let Carrie pick on the down low? Because if it's
1: tacos, (laughs) I can't say it was a closed boat. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a good way to learn. You're actually in there doing something practical. It's a good way. If it's language skills And then they're getting a
2: presentation. Exactly. They're getting presentation skills in a comfortable environment and everybody's learning about these things together because some kids came in and, you know, didn't have... Fluent English at all, but kind Mm. of understood. So one of my one of my students, we spent a couple of weeks talking through Google Translate until she kind of started to build up some more vocabulary and then was couldn't stop her. Couldn't stop her from talking. Uh, But she was, it was great. It was such a cool learning experience for me and just having all these kids who would come for test support and they are tra- you can see them translating these questions in their head for themselves. And they're mm-hmm. asking me like, is this, they're not asking for the answer. They're asking if this is the question. And I'm like, oh my God, like you are so smart. Like what is going on? Yeah. I can barely do math. <laughs> like what is happening? Why aren't you helping me with my job? You know, you just feel for them because they're just, they're so eager to learn and they they just were lovely kids and I just got to have a great time. So it was, it was a really nice teaching experience i've had really great luck in the school board and when i lived in toronto and now living in sarnia i just i feel very fortunate honestly well i'm glad you feel fortunate but i feel
1: like you're the kind of person who's just going to make every experience a positive experience somehow you're just such a shining light how could it not be good party starters yeah well that too that too but i think that's important as I said earlier, being a performer, you're in front of those children, you have to keep them engaged somehow. And it's not that you're putting on a show. But you know, if you're dull as drywall, you're not going to have a harder time keeping them engaged. And obviously, that's not you. So you worked for a while in a children's treatment center. Was that just with parents and children? Or did you also help the schools with some of their staff
2: with children? Or how did that work? I had gone in through special circumstances to like speak with a principal and present some ideas once for the school board officially, but it was just for like one classroom. Mm, it was, okay. That was just a one-off, but mostly because of the way that the government pays for things and how the funding goes. Uh, we would only work for the child cares or work mm. in the child cares and work with their staff. So it would depend kind of what area you're working in, if you're providing resource or behavior or OT support or speech and language support, all of these things can kind of start in those early years. So kids are getting treatment earlier and earlier if they need it. So then- when they're in school, they can kind of get a better handle on things. If they're needing some support, then it's harder when when you're in the school board already. Yeah. So having these things early is, is nice for the kids. So I did some behavior support and some, I was a resource assistant in those areas. And again, you're just in childcare and helping them to kind of have somebody co-regulate with them. And Play with them in a way that's comfortable for them, and kind of encourage those social skills. When you're there, you're kind of side by side, and you get to play together, and back yourself out slowly, so that they've kind of built their tolerance mm-hmm. up to be in a certain scenario, and then they've built skills also to remove themselves when they need to. And not only working with that one individual, but teaching group, this is how we take deep breaths. This is how you calm your body, or this is how you ask for a turn. And giving resources to the classroom staff and essentially working yourself out of a job and then moving down to the next childcare so that you Mm -hmm. can just support the staff. And again making people feel like they've got somewhere to go if they need resources, because that's not something that's always taught in programs or is Really underlined is something you'll need, like Joe was saying. With the teaching programs, didn't always do that. That yeah. you don't know whether the other supports that are in the child care have necessarily had that. So, giving people exposure to resources and how they can make them and how they can use them, and visuals for kids are really, really useful. So here's a handful, and this is how this is how you use them, just to you know save your voice sometimes because it doesn't work, like you said using other tactics can help to change the environment so that everyone just has a better time.
1: Well, I'm really glad that some of my tax dollars are going to support these programs. Mm -hmm. Broken record here. I think they're very important. In your opinion, anecdotally, having worked in that system, is it your perception that that support is sufficiently available for parents or child care centers that need it? Or do you think we could do more?
2: I think anecdotally, of course, there's, there's a lot of support there, but it's people knowing how to get it sometimes yeah. can be the difficulty, but also sometimes to get it, you need to have a certain number and you have to see this doctor first and you have to see this doctor next. And then you maybe see this doctor, mm-hmm. but you might get a number instead. So that system can be hard to navigate yeah. for some people. And you can only... Encourage someone so much, and and there are definitely people involved. I know a lot of lovely people that are. It's their job to navigate that system with a parent and help them Mm. to, you know, find those things. Well, that's good. It's give and take too, where you're you can encourage people and show them these things, and then it hope that they continue on too. But there is a lot of help available, and also. There's a lot of people that access it. So wait lists can be a bigger problem. Like once you get there, now you're on a wait list. That's what I mean.
1: You know, we we could use more
2: then. Yeah, I think now there's there's more and more and more people coming to the door because they know. So it's... uh, Do you think the problems are increasing or
1: do you think the awareness is increasing? so if there're more awareness
2: people is increasing and i think people are advocating more for themselves and yeah. noticing things more and there's so much more education now for everybody and so there should be and and you hope that you know people can get in the door and that's kind of the first step and then having the right people there to keep advocating and and that's where I'm like I know that they're there I work with them like it is there it's available so you just hope that people keep accessing it and and then those teams can do their job and work together to kind of make those things happen I'm like so idealistic about it maybe but I just I think I've met so many good people along the way that I'm just so hopeful that Maybe we just need more
1: because at least it gives me some optimism because I think in the olden days, it was just suck it up. You struggled along. It didn't occur to you to look for help or advocate to get help. Thankfully, the awareness is changing. Hopefully, we can actually have enough people to support the people who need it, who are looking for the support. And that's just going to make these people so much more successful going through school, and in the future, being happy, successful members of society. Before we go, any tips for parents who have typical behavioral problems? Maybe the child doesn't have a diagnosis, but just typical toddler tantrums or little kid behavioral problems or stubbornness or
2: opposition, typical stuff. Any tips? Especially those things specifically there is help available so if you're like not sure or you think it maybe if it maybe concerns you go to one of those information sessions there's different youth programs where there's social workers and there's always presentations and access that information and just check check in with your feelings and talk to somebody about it because there's not going to be the exact same problem but there's going to be another parent that's going to be there and see you and say yes. And, and accessing that kind of relationship and talking to another adult about it can alone be helpful because when you get stuck in it and you're just looking at this situation and in a vacuum and it can be really overwhelming, but starting with a conversation with someone else, I just encourage parents to talk to each other and, and talk to the professionals that are available and just, guard yourself with information and and build up your own knowledge about what's going on, because then you can say yes or no. Yes, this is a problem. We need to deal with this or let's move on and find something else. Because even when you get to school or you get to childcare, you get to these other avenues with your child, they're going to be in environments where things are going to change. Behaviors are going to come up. Things are going to happen all the time. Life isn't a straight line. Like you yeah. don't know what's going to change one day for you. So giving them the tools early to not only address those things and those feelings and those reactions in themselves, but then how to manage it and how to work through those moments. It's only going to help them. And in giving them that vocabulary to talk about themselves in that way and check Mm -hmm. in with themselves about different things in that way, it's only going to help them in every scenario. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you need to
1: shout, sing instead. Yep. That's number one. Number one. <laughs> Distract, deflect, and sing instead of shout. Okay, I'll thank you so team. much. I know I took so much of your thank time. You. And you're a very, very busy woman. That's okay. So <laughs> nice talking to you, Kaylee. We need to catch up soon. And so nice talking and to you.
2: Take care.
1: Bye. Thank you, Kaylee. And thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, you can email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. And I hope you had a happy Valentine's Day. And Always remember, somebody loves you or at least needs you and needs you to treat them with kindness, especially a child. And maybe romance is overrated anyway.